Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's working. So you say everything already, so let's keep this. So I'll try to be brief. So it's half hour. I'll try to speak 20 minutes and then give 10 minutes for a question and answer. And if you don't have any question, I will continue to talk the last 10 minutes. So I'll make a little introduction. Then we'll speak about storytelling, projection distribution, and I'll show you some tools. So what I will say today only apply on what I call govies because I do production that thing that are between games and movie so I call them govies so I'm not doing games so I will speak only of what I know it means doing cinematic reality doing movies in virtual reality which is really different from the gaming that have other rules so as you say, I've co-founded a, a studio called Okio, which is specialized in the production of immersive content, which is VR content, virtual reality content for now, and also soon augmented reality content. Just to know, um, did you all, who, who already tried VR can raise their, their hand? Okay, so I think I'll skip the intro really quickly because you obviously know what it is. And there is great movie upstairs in the other floor. So we got many headsets that can read virtual reality cinematic experience. Um, OK one, better one, huge one, cheap one. You can read it also on 360, which means if you don't have a, a Google's, an HMD, you can watch it on, with a phone or on a computer. So I like this sentence, this sentence uh, which is said by the master, it's mean like uh, we'll need to get rid of the screen. We have one century of watching screen and now we want immersion. And immersion is not like a, a new thing that everybody wants. It's something that evolved during the past century. If we remember what happened, we got first the theater, when we, then the TV, then the computer, then the iPad, then the iPhone. So the last centimeter was like nothing to do. So it's something that really came because the public wants immersion, that's why we, like the screen comes closer and closer, and also like we were black and white, then color, then 2D, then stereoscopy, mono, then stereo. So the immersion is a long way that finally come to virtual reality. So for me, virtual reality, I will say VR now, VR is like a real evolution, and it's not really happening. So it's still early stage. The goggles are not really performed yet. It's not the best, but it's still something that you can feel. So, not the real talk. So I'm saying Govies, that's my name, so that's the name of the thing I, I like to call. So it's my non-gaming VR narrative experience. I'll try to talk about this. Uh, most of the things I will, I will say today might be wrong in one year, because things evolve really quick. So I'll try to say the thing that I think is right today, if you want to try to write a movie, direct a movie, or produce a movie. So um, the name of my conference is all around science fiction, but of course what I will tell applies to any kind of movie you want to do. It's just because I'm a big fan of science fiction, and the two first pieces I did are science fiction movie. So of course the name of the conference is narrative around science fiction, but it's mostly narrative in virtual reality, uh, cinematic reality. So I did one piece called I, Philip, and the other alteration, which is just up here. It was finished three weeks ago. We went to Tribeca, and then it's the second festival we do. So I hope you can watch it after. And I Philip was the first one. So to be really quick, so I Philip is um, it's a story that uh, it's a real story. Um, Philip Kadic was a science fiction author, so he write many many books. Uh, he write these four books that made movie after and many other one. So he died in '82. 
And in 2005, someone replicated the head of Philip K. Dick and put it an IA inside his brain. So you can speak to the android of Philip K. Dick. So this is really something that happened. And then six months after the creation of the head, someone stole the head of the android of Philip K. Dick. So the first movie we, we did, I, Philip, was the story of this head from the point of view of the head of the android of Philip K. Dick. So the second movie, Alteration, which is ups, ups, upside now, it's, a, of course, again, a science fiction movie. And uh, you're Alexandro, and you volunteer for an experiment about dreams, and then the, the bad doctor will plug you an IA that will come into your dream and will steal your dream. So we, we love IA and things like this. <clears throat> so that was to introduce a little bit what we did. And now, <clears throat> sorry, the few things that I've learned these past three years, I'll try to tell him to you if you want to apply it to do a movie. So the first thing, I call it presence and immersion versus 360 degree. And I tell versus because it's, for me, it's, this slide is the most important of all my presentation. So sometime when you want to do a VR movie, the first thing that some people uh, can think is, okay, I need to tell a story in 360 degrees, because you have the full space of the 360 degrees, but the fact is, it's not really useful to use the 360 degrees all the time, because we got a neck, we're used to watch there, we got one century of watching movie on TV, on theaters, on screen, so it's just the beginning for us, so turning all the time in a story, it's maybe not the best way of telling a 360 story. So what I suggest, and in many movies, the, the, like 90% of the narrative stay on 180 or 210 degrees. It means you look the story like this. Of course, sometimes you can do things in the back, of course, but avoid, do not, it's, it's better if the spectator don't spin around during all the movie. So the really great thing about virtual reality is what the American call the empathy machine. What is really powerful is the fact that when you put a VR a HMD, you feel like you are in the story. So now we are telling stories and we make live stories to the people. And that's the most imp important thing. It's what we call the presence. So when you put a, a VR HMD, you will feel that you're part of the story. And that's, for me, the most important thing. It's not the fact that it's 360. It's the fact that you are in the story and you can give emotion that other tools and other books, music, cinema cannot give. It's like it's a, physio, it's a thing related to the brain. So VR don't, don't touch the same part of the brain. VR touch what we call the lower part of the brain, like the reptilian brain. So I can, I can make you feel vertigo in virtual reality. And you cannot do that in another kind of entertainment. So what I suggest is when you choose a story to write, to direct, or to produce, is to find a story where the immersion and the presence is something important for you. So you have to tell the story and make live emotion. So if you can do it in another way, like if you can do a, a short movie without VR because the, the story don't fit, do a short movie without VR. Because VR is like a pain in the ass, it's expensive, it's long. So choose carefully your story and choose a story where the immersion is really something important for you. You want people to live something, then you do VR. So, <clears throat> so then uh, I want to speak a little bit about the rhythm. The rhythm is really important because uh, we also get many reflexes from what we did before, and I think rhythm is something that 
it's okay to have two minutes on it. I'm not, I'm not allowed to pass this line, but I will have now. Um, so here is like, if you're on HMD, it will be 360, okay? So now it's like my 360 images, I put it flat for you. So what is really important is the rhythm in the scene. Because in the scene, in virtual reality, the scene have to be a little bit longer because the first thing people do is like, okay, I'm here. So everything, there is a cut. You'll need to give the spectator five, 10 seconds to be used to where he is. So that's the first thing about the rhythm. You cannot go straight and straight. The action cannot begin directly after the, the cut or the transition. And where you're in the movie, can I take that? So if you're in the HMD, that will be your frame, okay? So you will see only part like this when you move your head in the 360. So if this man talked to this girl really quickly, you will need to do this. <laughs> now really, and you will be like this all the time and you will miss the story. So what we have to, you have to do when you, you want to write a VR story is to be conscious of that and so you can write avoiding this. So it means he speak to him, he speak to him, he speak to him, she like clear her throat <clears throat> or what we did in the movie, the cell phone ring. So then you go there and then she talk. So you have to construct the scene with a different rhythm that allow you to don't break the immersion by doing this all the time because it's not comfortable. So that's something really important. So the rhythm in editing, writing, and in the timing is different. The timing means I suggest you to do long scene because people take time in virtual reality. In writing, it's what I told you. It's like write the sentence on a way that people can feel it naturally. And on the editing also, because in VR, it seems obvious, but I will say it, there is really a few editing. You choose your scene, you put it one to another. You cannot do like um, this kind of shot, this kind of shot, close up. You cannot do this. So what we'll do is you will edit in the scene. If you want um, a close up, he will come from the, in front of the camera and that will make a close-up. But you will not do in edition, you will do in the narration of the scene. So the rhythm is really different in all the way on selling a story into VR. How long do I get? 15 more? Okay, it's quick. So um, another thing really important is when you are in the uh, sphere, a 360 story, you can look everywhere. But the, the goal of a director, I'm not a director, but I work with them closely, the work of a director is to make you look what, where he wants you to look. Because if you're looking all around all the time, you will miss the plot, you will miss the narrative, you will miss the story. So the, the role of the director today is to make you look where he wants you to look. And so for that, he gets few tools. One of the great tools is the sound. Because sound in virtual reality can be 360, so it's specialized sound, 3D sound. So if I drop this on the floor here, the sound won't come here, it comes from there. So you look here. Like if I'm talking to you, and then the next phase is someone entering here, like the door will open, I have a, I'll hear the door, I'll do that, then I don't miss the story. So sound is really important, but you also get choreography and body movement. Like if you look at me, even if you don't feel it, and if I do that, your head will slightly move around there, and though it means that the one here will speak after me, you know? I will help you to guide, to guide your look 
to have the story. So as it's really going fast, I will... So there is other challenge to help that, but you'll discover when you'll try to produce and write. Good luck, but it's really fun. So other thing is like, um, don't be afraid. Uh, VR is really new, so we're making like storytelling of the future and everything, but with old tools. So soon the camera will be ready. Soon editing software will be ready. Soon, 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 but today, no. So today you have to construct everything. It's really DIY, do-it-yourself style. So you have to build camera, you have to take the old software to adapt them. And for the software, it's, like, it's beginning to happen. No, there is plugins that accept VR, so it's really more easy than one year ago. For the camera, we're not yet there yet. So this one camera you can build. This one is a little bit too huge. It's like, if you want to build something really high. So uh, I'll show you other cameras if I've got time. Transition, transition is really important into VR. So when I make these slides, it's come, I rearrange it, but it was make, the first conference I gave was one year ago, and I told to people, uh, don't cut, do not do cuts. But I was wrong, like maybe I will in one year on other things, but cuts work, you can cut in VR. So if you want to cut, just have an element that make the, um, the connection with the shot before. Like, if I want to stay there and to cut and nobody will be there anymore, it's okay because I will stay on the same location. So if we cut and I'm on another location but I, I still get you on my frame, it will work because I have something reference that make the connection between the shot. So you can cut in VR but try to d do this connection. And the best way is not to cut, if you can do it. No, cut works, okay? I don't like it specifically, but it works. It's to do the transition um, diegetic um, in, in the narration. So the transition is part of the story. It's like, okay, the light shut off, go up, and I'm in a new space. So it will be like, you won't feel the transition because it will be the story. Just the light shut off, and then new frame. So I get many more things to say, but maybe you want to speak a little bit if you got some question. Hello, uh, thank you very much. That My was pleasure. So interesting. Just one question. It seemed that um, this refers to 360 degree. So my question would be, what about storytelling when you actually can move in the movie? How can you direct the audience to move in special ways um, up? the stairs somewhere. I mean, this is a whole new dimension that adds on top of all that you've already told. So, tell me if I understand the question correctly. So, what I say in the beginning is I, I only do uh, movies. So, in the movies, you cannot walk. So, the only thing you can do is look around. And soon you will be able to do that. But uh, the, the people who do games need to attract you to move on an open world. But on my case, I don't need to push the people to walk or to move, only to look where I want them to look. Is, was the question a, a little bit, or...? So you, you don't want to let the people move? I can't. In a movie, I cannot, because a movie is like what we call pre-render. It's like we do all the special effects and the thing, then we pre-render the movie. So it's not like a game. It cannot evolve during the, the viewing. So everything is like this, and the only thing you can think is look. And you can, if I look there, it can launch something, but you cannot move and walk into the movie. You can if you do like a, an animation movie with a game engine, then you can. But then it's not my job anymore. <laughs> 
There is one who do great thing like this, Grégoire, if you have questions on this case. But, <laughs> but I do movies and he do games. Um, what do you think about volumetric video? Um, I mean, how does that change your thesis that you just said? That if you are a filmmaker and um, one cannot move around in the movie, because, I mean, that is that what we are hearing now all the time, that that is the high end of uh, virtual reality, volumetric video or human body reconstruction, and, there are, and what about Microsoft and working and all that? So do I understand it correctly that you can move? So that will be a movie in which the spectator can move, and that really is a new challenge, isn't it? Or what do you think? So um, there is two questions on your question. I'll try to answer both. So first thing, I think volumetric video is like simply the future of cinematic reality. I think in three, four years, there will be only volumetric video. Because if you want people to feel it real, it's called virtual reality. You have to shoot in stereoscopic, because in the, we see in stereoscopic in life. And you have to, to allow people to do that, because we can do that in life. So volumetric video will be the future, and it is what we need to do. So Alteration is my second movie, and it will be the last one without volumetric. No, I want to do volumetric, even if it takes millions and years, but I want to do that. So for that, there is cameras that are coming. One is called a Lytro. The other one is made by Facebook. What we did before is we use a LiDAR, a scanner, that scan, we shoot and we scan. So then you can remap the images on the scan, so you can have this, but it's like, fucking expensive and long and so soon the, the camera will be ready and we'll be able to do it but to answer the last part of your question you still cannot move to move it's called room scale when you move on the thing with a game on volumetric it will be called six degree of freedom because you'll be able to do that like this and this so it, it's not really moving it's like watching a movie in volumetric is it answer okay Yeah, I think you can. But then you shoot in many space. I think you can, yes. Never, nobody have done it for yet. But yeah, yeah, I don't know why you couldn't. But then if you want to do that, <coughs> if you want to do that, I think for a few years coming, animation will be more easier. Yeah. Or oh, photogrammetry. So. There was a question. Um, you already talked about complexity of scenes and not overloading scenes. Uh, can you maybe say something more about um, playing with the space? So maybe using different dimensions of a space, so maybe having someone talking in the foreground, but having things that are interesting for the user in the background, and how, yeah, how much you would use and when it starts to be over complex for the user. So I will answer your question, but on the other way. For me, the, um, we use space and we have to, as we said before, we have to focus on where the director wants you to look. So for me, the goal is to do, really to empty the scene. So now we work really closely with the sad director and the, and the sh and DOP, the one who do the lights, because if I want, okay, my main action is here and I, I'm the director, I want the viewer to look at you for three minutes because everything happening here. 
if I, if I put too many layers, too many details, interesting one, you will want to look there. So what will do the DOP, what will do the set designer? Okay, she won't put thing there, nothing to look. She will put a really not interesting slide, like this one maybe. So you don't look there, you know? Then the DOP, he will like put the light a little bit less here, so you won't even feel it, but you'll, you will want to look here and not there. So, of course, you can put many layers, and you can also tell different story on the same shot. So, if people watch the movie several times, they have a different thing to look at. And I think that's a good way of thinking, but we have to remember that the public is not really ready. VR is really new. So, I think the, the movie that will be done this in the year coming uh, will die in 10 years, of course, because we will need more. But I think for now, I advise to keep it really simple, like less is more, and not put so many layers on the frame. Of course you can, but I will advise to do less layer than you will do on a classic movie. Yeah, my question goes in a similar direction. Back to the problem where four people in the room talking to each other. Um, laws of physics do not apply anymore. Why not just move the room around my forehead? Okay, so there is really few things that is sure. But what I will tell now, it's really sure. You cannot force the, the image to move. It will make you sick. Because I, I, uh, as VR lied to your brain, so now your brain really feels he's emerged in a story. So then you can look where you want to look. And as, at the moment, I will force the sphere to move. Or if I'm shooting something and I'll turn the camera like this, people feel sick immediately. It's like, it's like reading on a car, you know? So... That was an easy answer for her. But this is really one of the few rules all the filmmakers agree. I think that's the only rules we all agree. <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm Catherine. Um, and um, first of all, I think um, very impressive um, what, what you're telling us. Um, before you said that the, the whole um, VR will be R&D in the next three years. So in your practical life, how do you go about that? Um, when you produce films on the one side um, um, for the financing, so, so which kind mm. of projects can you get financed? On, on the other hand side, how much research on the technical side do you put into your projects? So what I do in my company, I do one movie every year, and I do many commercial. So commercial, of course, it's pay the bill and the salary, and no, no, no. but also commercial is a good laboratory. So when you do commercial, they get more money, and they want you to produce quick, 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 we got two months. So you try with the money of the commercial, your technical experience and your R&D. So without the commercial, I will not be able to do movies because it will cost me too much money. So that's for the first part. So my R&D is funded by... Yeah, it's recorded. No. <laughs> A little bit by the commercial and my clients, but they know it because... And they even like it that they helping the thing evolve. The other part is like, it's expensive, but people are funding it because it's like new. So it's more expensive than a movie. But you can find many, many more money than before, you know? Like before... Um, IMAX won't give you a movie, you know, <clears throat> and Oculus, which is like um, the brand of Facebook, Oculus, Vive, this kind of thing, they are also funding content. So it's like before you, you had a, a broadcaster like uh, Arte, and now you can have Arte and a brand like Oculus. It's like, it's like if Panasonic was paying the movie before and it wasn't the case. So it's more expensive, but you have more people to fund it. <laughs> 
And you get also all the institutes and laboratory uh, grants that helps their R&D. Um, hi, my name is Anna. Uh, thank you so much. This is so interesting. My um, pleasure. Just a quick question, because you very much focused on fiction films, and you talked a lot about timing and directing the audience, etc. How likely do you think is VR also the future for documentary films? Because there, of course, you can't really influence the timing, the, the situation always. Yes, you can, I think. I think the best movie are uh, for, in documentary. Mm -hmm. The first that really tried to experience a narrative piece was a um, documentary director. So there is a great one. I see one this morning about uh, South, South Sudan, which was really well done. Yeah. And you can... So what did this man... I don't know him. I will speak of yeah. his movie, but I don't know him. It's like, of course, he shot a documentary, so he cannot say to the military, go there, stop there, do it again. He cannot do that. But he can put the camera on the spot, he will know something interesting will happen. So at the moment you're like this, on the front of the road, and all the people come to you, and you're like, oh, they're coming, they're coming. They pass you, and then you turn back and look at them. So you can, you can still use the space as you wish. Of course, many shots will be not worth it, because I think, but documentary is already like that. You shoot a lot, you shoot a lot, and then nothing happens as you planned. But I think in VR you can still try to adjust the timing, And adjust the, the and adjust the reality. And sometime on a documentary, you can ask the military to shoot again. Oh, please shoot again. And, you know, it's still possible. It's of course more difficult than into feature and fiction. But I think you can. And I think you have to a little bit. But I do. A, one of the director I did it. Where he did a piece in Syria during the war. So of course it was like you cannot tell the people uh, die no or hi no. But what you can do is shoot more, 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 more and then choose the sequence that is the best for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Christian. I have just a quick question because okay. I think you, um, you believe that basically VR is going to be the next big thing in the movie industry. And my question is, when you are watching a movie, you want to have all the details. You want to kind of capture the full screen. And with a VR, you are only seeing one scene at a time and you have to kind of turn around to see everything. And we can, for example, see that Philips and other brands are trying to produce TVs who are U-shaped, so you can get that full aspect when you are watching uh, the movie or watching TV. So how does this factor kind of impact what you are saying right now? Is that a conflict with the you, with the people's experience in uh, watching TVs, or does it actually just contribute in making VR the, the next big thing? I think it's like, it's really two separate things. I think um, in VR, we, we keep saying, I mean me, the producer, we do movie or games, movie or games, and I think we might kill VR before, before it even exists. I think VR is not gaming, not VR. It's new kind of experiences, immersion, and experiences on the immersion. So TV, of course, I, I say in the introduction, we go deeper and deeper on the immersion. So when they curve the TV to reinforce this immersion, is something that go the same way as the stereoscopic, as now we get the 4D seats on some theater that give you water and smells. So I think every medium is going to reinforce immersion. No, even the, even the play, the theater, I don't know if you heard of Sleep No More of this kind of play. It's like you enter um, a, a building, 
I didn't do it, but many people told me, you enter a building and there is like 200 comedians for you, you can go whenever you want, and they are playing in every room. So I think immersion will take the lead in all the medium, the TV, the theater, but VR is really something different. So I think it's not competing, it's just the fashion today, the immersion. I think I'm out of time. Is it, is it on? Just if you want to see a storyboard. And I'm okay. out. <laughs> Thank you, Antron.